It's time for Coffee and Company, fueled by Thornton's on Sports Talk 790. Now here's Nick Coffee. Right, here we go. It is our number two on a Monday afternoon. Coffee and Company, that's us. We are fueled by Thornton's here on Sports Talk 790. Nick Coffee, that's me. The company man, John, alongside today. It is the last day of the college football season, which is sad, but I do think we are going to get a good, good game tonight. And to go back to what I said Friday, I really feel like Washington winning the national championship would be perfect timing as we head to a 12-team playoff for programs that – realistically have never really been anywhere close to being a national championship contender, which to be honest with you, if you look at even other sports, I mean, there's a lot of good programs that you would say have had eras of success, but have never actually won a national championship because it's not easy to do. But with football, it actually at times would make me sad because Louisville football's had, I mean, think about where they were when I was a kid, where they are now. I mean, they've had Osmond Trophy winner, big, some big notable bowl wins. They just won the ACC. I mean, if you're a Louisville football fan, clearly, you know, there's been some years where you knew, okay, I hope that we one day can get to where Howard Schnellenberger said we could get, right? The national championship, the only variable's time. We all know the quote. But for the most part, you know, there's an elite group of teams programs, I should say, that are legitimately national championship caliber. And, you know, Louisville's not one of them. <laughs> I mean, I did get some pushback, and I agree. You know, 2007, I think it was. I always get six and seven mixed up, but you know what year I'm talking about. When they lost to Rutgers and Michael Bush got injured and all that. I mean, had they stayed healthy and had they beat Rutgers, because they could have easily beat Rutgers without Michael Bush. They, you know, should have beat Rutgers. They might have gone to the national championship, which most people think that they would have, and we'll never know about any of this, but it was kind of the perfect storm to where you could have easily seen Louisville winning a national championship. And I don't say easy, like it would have been easy to do, but just the scenario. You probably would have ended up playing an Ohio State team that year that was not very good. So, you know, I got some pushback when I talked about it last week, but I still stand by what I'd said that the playoff, I was against it for years because, and, and I think the reason I was against the playoff then is still a valid point today, and that is that We put in, I mean, four teams now, and this is a weird year, a great year, by the way, right? I mean, John, wouldn't you agree? All four of these teams realistically could could have won the championship. Absolutely, yes. And that's rare. How many times have we been to the title game and it's like, all right, well, these two teams clearly were the best of the four, and there's one team that we know is way better than the team they're about to play. I mean, look at last year. So that makes it to where, like, what are we doing? We're wasting our time. We don't need to do this because it's just a waste of time. You're going to be there just to be there. And I still think that's true. I don't think that, you know, this this is a good trend for it, especially if Washington wins. But if we'd had a 12-team playoff the last 10 years, let's say instead of ever doing four, we did we did 12 years ago, decade ago, or whenever it was. You know how many teams that would have made it that would have been just there to be there? Like, we probably would have had a lot of blowouts too, which, which you don't want, but that just that happens. But now what it does is it lets you feel like you are more how do I word this like you can you can find a spot at the big boy table and 
know that it meant something. In fact, even finding a spot at the table is is hard to do now with the four team, and it was nearly impossible as a two team. But what I mean is, we're going to treat college football playoff appearances like we treat Final Fours in basketball. And that'll make it to where, even if you're not realistically a national championship contender, because just because you make the playoff at 12 teams doesn't mean you're really a contender. Now, again, you got a better shot than everybody else outside of the other 11 that are there, but you know what I mean. Like, you could get there and everybody know there's no chance you're going to make it all the way to the final game, and there's no way you're going to win it. But just to know that you got there, it's going to give up programs like a Louisville. I mean, heck, if Louisville would have not lost to Kentucky and they end up losing to Florida State the way they did, they'd be in the playoff. Like, Louisville would be a playoff team if, in fact, their only loss this year was to, if it was a healthy Florida State team, maybe, because that Florida State, the whole that whole thing made it just weird. That was a very, very unusual circumstance. But my point is... Louisville can realistically get there now. This year's team could have done it. Kentucky could have been there whenever they had um, Josh Allen, Benny Snell, those guys. And it doesn't mean you're going to win a national championship. And I'm not even, you know, when you get there, right, when you're riding the momentum, you'll probably think to yourself, hey, let's go win this thing. And I get it. I mean, because why would you not? You're a fan. You want to you hold out hope. But even at the end of the day, if you're not realistically a you know contender, just to, just to be able to say, okay, we have – Six and six, bowl appearances, still gets mentioned, like, that it's impressive. And you'd rather do that than not go to a bowl game. But I think the days of coaches being able to to, to, to look at bowl appearances as a sign of, like, confirmation that they did a good job, that's going to be over when the playoff happens. Now, it doesn't mean that if you get to a bowl game and you won eight, nine games that you that you did nothing. But, like... You're, there, there's something that is very real. Like, keep up, think of mind. When there was two teams, you got to a bowl game, everybody got to a bowl game, but like it wasn't a standard. Now, you have a more realistic thing to to gravitate towards and, and aim for. It's going to be tough for a lot of teams to do it. Hell, we may go 20 years, and the local teams around here may never get to it because, again, I don't want to act like it's super easy. But it was damn near impossible to play for a national championship when you're – and it may still be damn near impossible to get to that point, but if you're in the 12-team playoff, I feel like it's going to be similar to making a Final Four. And last I checked, there's not a program in college basketball that looks at Final Fours as if they're you know, a letdown. Now, again, how it all looks, how the season plays out, it's different. Like, for example, when Louisville made the Final Four in 2013, it would have been heartbreaking if they lost one of those games to Wichita State or to Michigan because, from my perspective, that was the year, like, I may never see Louisville win another national championship, but that was the year, and I knew they're going to do it. This is the year to do it, so go do it. Kentucky, when they lost to Wisconsin, heartbreaking. Like, that's probably still one of the most painful losses they've ever they've ever experienced. So circumstance and timing matters, but Final Fours are something that, that, that are worth a lot of currency, if you will, in the, word of, in the world of college football. And I just think knowing that moving forward, you're going to go into the year – with a goal that is much more realistic than the goal of like, let's make the playoff when there's two, or actually it wasn't a playoff when there was two, it was just a, the BCS National Championship game. So anyways, we'll get back into football coming up here a little bit later on. I do want people to know who are just now joining us. We did talk a lot about Louisville's transfer portal class because since the weekend, Jeff Brom added four new additions in the portal. And just one real quick reminder before we get to basketball, because I do want to talk some basketball. The portal is closed. And yes, there are still players available that have yet to commit. But just keep in mind, 
this thing is far from over when it comes to your roster because not only are there going to be guys that enter the 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 portal after spring like we know that right that's a given i'm not telling you anything you didn't know but here's what you got to consider that i don't think people think about very often there are guys who transfer this year you know keep in mind like a lot of these guys that i mean, all, I mean most of the guys that have transferred like they're going to start school here soon like I think school starts today. I don't know if they're starting today, but a lot of the guys who are transferring in will be in school this semester. But some guys transfer mid-semester and leave after spring. Storm Duck, Cam Kelly, those were two guys that played a lot for Louisville this year, had some good moments. They, a year ago, transferred to different schools. Cam Kelly transferred to North Carolina, and Storm Duck had transferred to Penn State. So, you know, I'm not saying we should be worried about losing some of these guys, but there may be guys that have already, like, there may be guys you missed out on in the portal that end up not liking where they are, and they're going to go back to their second choice. So just, you know, it's it's uh, it's far from over. And that's a good thing, I think, right? Because you still can add. I mean, there's, there's going to be names available that you didn't, that you didn't know that were going to be available. And there'll be at least, when you agree with this, John, there'll be at least two to three big names that decided to come back to college that didn't hit the portal that everybody assumes is just in a great position and they're going to go through spring ball and then hit the portal and everybody's going to freak out and you know yeah. you're think wow that'll be I'll, the norm if it's I not already have, yeah i wouldn't have taken this guy had i known he was going to be available so uh, it is a mess but you know it's good for content and it gives you a chance to you know quickly flip things around without needing to rely you know solely on freshmen trying to think of any of other names that were like you know late additions or whatever in the portal they, they, like I think Louisville had two other offensive linemen that play yeah Eric Miller the lineman who transferred from Purdue he didn't leave Purdue until after the spring so yeah just uh just something to uh, to keep in mind all right so uh, I feel like we've done a pretty good job of avoiding talking Louisville basketball for the first hour and 15 minutes I mean we do need to get to it at some point, but it's not something I ever look forward to doing because I can't I can't even have fun with a conversation, right? Because it's not fun talking about losing, and it not, nothing's worse than just doing the same thing over and over, right? And that's what we've done when it comes to just assessing Louisville basketball. But the new, I guess, uh, angle that you're, that you're hearing, maybe angle's not the right way to describe it, but I'll put it this way. The new excuse that some are going to use and the new excuse that some are worried about being a legitimate excuse uh, is is the injury situation, which, again, it is true. But both things can be true here. Louisville is dealing with injuries, and it's unfortunate, and that's not anybody's fault. That's just bad luck. But also, that is not why Kenny Payne has proven to not be the coach for the guy for this job. I'm not sure he is a coach. I mean, he is. That's probably what his employment status is at the university. But you all know what I mean. I mean, he's he's in way over his head. And we've hit the level now where when they play, like I don't I think the Virginia game and the Pitt game are examples of yeah, they lost and it really wasn't close. I mean, they got really I mean they they got killed by by Virginia. I mean, what did they lose by 20 something points? I mean, they got they got hammered. And then they didn't get killed by Pitt, and they did, you know, make a make a run, I guess, a little later on in the game. 
but I mean, they they were down 19 at some point in the second half, and and I talked about it on the post game show. I actually lost the the game for a little while there in the uh, in in the car ride because one side the CW. I don't have a huge complaint. I, I don't have a problem with their with with the broadcasts. In fact. I think their announcers, they're not, you know, they're probably not as polished as some that you hear on ESPN, but they're they're new, they're fresh, I guess, so it's just something different. Um the the broadcast quality is 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 fine. It's just, it's just basically the same thing you used to get on Valley. Um, but the announcers, you know, getting overly excited, acting as if the Yump Center was a, was was uh, reminiscent of what it looked like when Louisville was a national championship contender was kind of funny. But anyways, Louisville lost by 13 to Pitt, didn't cover, lost by 24 to Virginia, didn't cover. And those are two games where I really don't feel like I can tell you that, man, they're, they, they got worse or they're, t- I mean, they're, they're actually, and I'm going to be very careful with my words here because They're not improving, but I guess the best way to describe it is that we're so used to this now that when they don't get killed by 40, you kind of look at that as, all right, guess it could have been worse. Like, I felt like against Virginia, for who this team is, they didn't have nearly one of their worst games, and they lost by 24 points. Against Pittsburgh, Mike James went off. I mean, he played phenomenal. And you saw some good stuff once again from Curtis Williams, Curtis Williams Jr., who I like a lot. And you saw Caleb Glenn have easily the best performance of his young career. Those are bright spots. That's not improvement for Kenny Payne. So we're seeing the bright spots, but they're still getting killed because of the overall situation, right? I mean, I've always been triggered, and I think I, I I think I don't like using that word, but I think it's probably the right way to describe me. People don't like that, isn't it? Real? Aren't you? Aren't you going to get even more triggered if somebody calls you triggered, John? Like I feel like it's a it's a sensitive word to people. Yeah, it's associated a lot with anxiety. I feel like, and it's uh, also I feel like it's uh, it was really really it was used a lot during the last election. I remember. Yes, like when you would try to talk politics with somebody and they disagreed, and you got like. I mean, I think you could not get hostile and, like, disagree. Oh, he's triggered. Oh, you mad? Oh, you mad? He's triggered. Can you so believe we're already in another election year, by the way? <laughs> I know. My it's gosh. crazy. So I know, like, it, you know, it's not a popular – but I think it's probably the accurate word to use here for me because when people say they're getting better, they're improving, I want to punch you in the face. I wouldn't do that because, you know, I'm not a violent person. Never punched anybody in the face, to be honest with you. And if I did, I'd probably get beat up. But it, it makes me angry because what you're doing is just acting as if if you're if you're acknowledging improvement and you're thinking, okay, Kenny's getting better. First of all, how could Kenny Payne get better? How could Kenny Payne get better as a coach? How could he figure things out when he doesn't think he's doing anything wrong? How could I mean that that, that he couldn't like if you ask Kenny what he could do better, he's never given you an answer. And he's actually been asked that before. So Yes, we can look at the bright spots. Mike James playing well. Caleb Glenn, best performance of his career. Curtis Williams Jr., back-to-back games where he's showing he's got a really good offensive game. But that doesn't mean anything in regards to Louisville in the situation that they're in. So the injuries are a real issue. And I guess maybe you could say another bright spot is that they're shorthanded and they're actually not getting beat as bad as maybe you thought they would, right? No J.J. Trainer, no Dennis Evans anymore. No, uh, and by the way, no, no 
Dennis Evans, or no J.J. Trainer the rest of the year. He's out for the year. I assume you guys knew that, but that was the tough break they got. But, you know, Okorafor is still day-to-day. Same thing with Trey White, I suppose. And then you've now lost Dennis Evans and J.J. Trainer for the year. So those that, that matters, and you're still, you're still getting beat bad, but maybe you thought it would be even worse given how shorthanded they are. So that's another bright spot. But that's not a sign that Kenny Payne is getting better as a coach and this thing is getting better. Like, I don't think it's that complicated. I think it's quite clear those are not the same thing. So, again, both things can be true. Louisville is dealing with injuries, maybe more so than any team. They have seven scholarship players right now. That can't be normal, right? There can't be that many teams out there in Division One level that have seven scholarship players. So the injuries are a real thing. But it has nothing to do with why Kenny Payne is an awful coach and has shown that every chance he gets. He's not the guy for this job, and I think we all know that. But it didn't surprise me that Social media already started during the game, or before the game even, with the injury news of J.J. being out for the year. Uh Uh-oh, this gives people an excuse. This gives people a chance to claim that Kenny didn't get a fair shot. I mean, they can claim that. They can say that. It does not make it true, because it's not true. And if here's the thing. if There's a chance Louisville doesn't win another game this year. And people can act like, oh, you're the worst. They're they're losing players every week. Who are they going to beat? I mean, they've got Miami on Wednesday. NC State, North Carolina, Wake Forest, who's now ranked. Duke, Virginia, Clemson, who's ranked. Florida State, who's not good, but still, you got to go. I mean, they're better than you. They're 200, they're 120 spots better than you in the Ken Palm. So, like, there's a chance they could not win another game, but let's just say they win two more. And by the way, the ACC projections are three and seventeen and eight and twenty-three overall. So Ken Palm says you, you know you'll likely finish with three more wins the rest of the way. Let's just say they do that. If they do that, and Kenny Payne, there's even a consideration for him to get a third year. I think what I will do is I will say thank you, John. I will thank the administration at U of L, whether that be the board or Josh. And I'll say thank you for just ending it and letting me know that you don't take basketball serious. Because now I know. I don't need to get my hopes up. I don't need to, to long for the days we once had. I'll just know that I should cherish those and keep them with me forever because it's dead and it's over. If Kenny Payne is even considered for a third year, we'll at least have the closure that Louisville basketball is dead and the administration is telling us that they're not a serious program anymore. All right, got to get to a break. You're listening to Coffee and Company with Nick Coffee on Sports Talk 790. That's right, Coffee and Company rolling along here on Sports Talk 790, getting you set for tonight's national championship game. Did you take? You t- did you tell me you took? I knew you bet on it. Was it money line that you did with Washington? Yes, I'm riding with you. I need it, man. I had a had a good Friday night of college hoops. Had a good early part of the day for bas- college basketball on Saturday, and then. Uh, not good um, since then. So I need a, I need a winner, and we're rolling. We're, 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 uh, give me the, give me the Penix phrases. What are they? We have unleash the Penix yeah, and we're Penix, the Penix envy. Tonight. Ooh, Penix envy. I think that's a Washington one, though. Yeah. I, when we were in Indy, didn't we see one that said like something like that? I feel like the Penix envy might have been. I know we've seen that. We saw the jersey. Yeah. Indiana is in a unique spot here because I don't think you'll oftentimes see. A scenario like this, meaning where 
the fans who, I mean, they got dumped. You understood why you got dumped, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's what it was happened. a mutual separation. Yeah. Well, no, it was. I mean, I, mean, I, was, I guess that's you not love the case. him and would have loved to have him. So I wouldn't yes. call it a mutual separation. But at the same point in time, like you were truly, you it's it's a true. We were the problem. Uh, yeah, like you understand and you want happiness for them. You were yes. not a good. You were not a good lover. So do you want you love them so much you want them to be happy? Like it's the true. It's not you. It's me. You know what I mean? It really is. Yeah, I mean, like now. I'm sure he initiated it, and that's fine. But like, no, like he could be dumping you, and you could stop Michael Penix and say, "Look, no more. I understand. You're leaving because of me, and you're doing the right thing. I'm the problem, and I love you, and I love you so much. I want your happiness, and I want you to get that elsewhere. So go wherever." Did he? Where did he consider before Washington? Do you know? He actually was committed to Tennessee out of high school, and then Tom Allen got him to decommit and come to Indiana. What about when he was going to transfer? Did he have other options, do you know? I'm sure he did have options, but I don't, I what, don't remember who he who was he considering yeah. after Indiana, but obviously Washington was the easy one considering yeah. Kalen DeBoer was previously on the Indiana staff as offensive coordinator. I didn't know that. Mhm. Small world. Anyways, uh we're going we're 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 unleashing the Phoenix tonight. And when I say unle- I I have to say it like I'm saying penis for some reason. I don't know why. I guess it's because I'm a child. But uh, I'm sure he's used to that by now. I just saw his mom uh, on TV. Is of course, you know, he's one of the big stars of this game tonight. They're talking to family. I'd never seen her before. She looks like she's his age. Oh wow! I didn't realize how <laughs> how young his mother looked. So, anyways, all right, uh, let's uh, let's roll along here. When it comes to the Louisville coaching search, you know, we can continue that conversation whenever you guys want. And I do feel like we've exo- we we. Went to that well a little too early, if you know what I mean. Like, w- there are coaches that I think we we are all, I believe, on the same page in regards to who is going to be legitimately like considered for this job if it opens up. But again, let me let me let me try to word this better because we think we know who will be likely candidates, but we really don't know. And anybody who tells you they know like what's going to happen at the end of the year, they know for sure that Kenny's out, and they know for sure who's going to be a candidate, they're lying to you. They don't know. I mean, they can make a very educated guess and a very, you know, obvious guess, and that's what I'm going to do too. But, like, anybody acting like they know what's going to happen here, they're lying. I mean, you got people out there that still claim, like, what I think is hilarious is, I guess, maybe because we're so starved for some kind of an update, some kind of transparency in regards to, like, what what's going to happen, right? What's the bar? What has to happen for Kenny to, to, to be completely fired maybe this year? What what has to happen for him to for sure be fired at the end of the year? And none of us know. Kenny doesn't even know. You guys hear him talking brick by brick? I wouldn't shock me if he's nobody's even had a conversation with him that like, yeah, this didn't work out, but we're going to let you have the rest of the year. I don't think those conversations have happened, by the way. In fact, I'm pretty confident they haven't. Doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Doesn't matter. Doesn't mean they're not going to make a change, but you know what I'm saying. So with that, I mean – you have people that still have been wrong every time. I mean, there's there's a few people out there that, that, that you know, I don't know if they're inside with the pro, like, I don't know if they have an insider. I don't know who it is, maybe a staffer or whatever, that, like, run with things that have been proven to be so not true, and then they still will throw something out there, and people take the bait and believe it. Like, there's this, I don't even know if you'd call it a report, but apparently somebody on a podcast said that if Kenny Payne is able to commit or to get Kevin Knox to commit, then he's going to get a, a, a third year third year for sure. And that's nonsense. If he gets a third year, it won't be because of Kev, uh, Kevin Knox. Is it, what's his name, Carter Knox? Carter Knox. Not, yeah, Carter Knox, Kevin Knox's brother. If he gets another year, it won't be because of that. 
And, you know, this is the same people. These are the same people who throw stuff out there like Kenny's done as soon as he loses a game. Well, he's lost every game since you said that, and he's still here. Like, nobody has any real knowledge of what is going on over there in regards to a decision process as far as when it's happening. And honestly, I guess I'll give Josh Hurd a little credit for that. I think he could have definitely been a little bit more visible throughout this mess and had a little bit more transparency to the fan base. And honestly, he should have some freaking compassion for the fan base that's going through this because this is not the norm, and we all know that, and we know you know that, but at least some acknowledgement would be would go a long way. I mean, sometimes things are awful and words aren't going to fix it, but like isn't it just like common courtesy, decency? I mean, really, what it really is is leadership, getting out in front of something knowing that there's no words, but he can't just sit back and be silent because that's the last thing you need to do and that's that's kind of what they've done and I've been very critical of that. But anyways, uh with with the coaches that could potentially take over it's I mean again I'm not telling you because I'm, I'm I don't want to be that guy that's acting like I know something when I clearly don't and I will tell anybody who will listen to me I don't know who's going to be the next head coach I don't know who's going to be coaching her next year but the names that I think have realistically been discussed are Scott Drew Chris Beard Mick Cronin and Jerome Tang there's other names that could be thrown in there like Dusty May um, I feel like I'm missing one that was talked about quite a bit do you include Eric Musselman? In I that? love Musselman, and I'm I'm going to get worked up because people are acting like he's not a great coach, and Louisville wouldn't be interested in him. I mean, I'll walk to Fayetteville and carry his luggage on my back if they could get Eric Musselman. He's a good coach, and yeah, they got their ass kicked the other day, but he's pro- They could be they could be Kenny Payne bad this year. Actually, let me take that back. That would be a real bad sign that you you know you might not want to hire the guy. But my point is, they could be really bad this year. And they're not really bad. They're not good. They're not near what they have in the last couple of years. Last few years, I should say, at Arkansas. But he's proven enough to where he would be a, a good candidate at any big job that would open up. But there are people acting like he's, I don't, I don't know about him. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's actually, in my opinion, he's his, I mean, he's, he's, he's Chris Beard to me. With a little bit, without the baggage. And honestly, a little more consistency. So, those names are out there. And Mick Cronin was the name everybody talked about. And still, and they still are, by the way. I mean, when I say that, I mean Mick Cronin, and I said this, I think it was in the DePaul postgame show. When it comes to Mick, I knew his name was going to be mentioned for the job if it opened up, and it's going to be mentioned even if it doesn't open up because people will throw it out there as a guy that Louisville could probably get. He could leave UCLA because of the administration isn't as supportive as you would think at a big-time basketball school. Um, they're now in the Big Ten, and that makes things a little weird for him. And he's a he's a Midwest guy. He loves Louisville. He always has. Uh, it, it's, I think it's probably, I mean, potentially, a, I wouldn't call it a dream job, but it wouldn't shock me at all if, if Louisville is a job that Mick Cronin has always looked at as, okay, if I could ever get there, I'd love to be there. But I mean, he's terrible now. I wouldn't be shocked if he's still in the mix, and I'm not telling you. I don't think Mick Crone's a terrible coach, but I did say something that I guess at this point is proven to be wrong because I said with Mick Cronin, I don't know about the ceiling because, well, my first issue with Mick Cronin is I just don't really like him. I find him as a very hard guy to like. I make the joke about people thinking I look like him, which is a real thing that I don't. I mean, I don't like being insulted. If, you, if you're told you look like Mick Cronin, they're insulting you, and I don't like that. I mean, I, I, I can take some insults, but, you know, I have a heart. I have feelings. I don't want to be told I look like Mick Cronin, and I already get it enough, and I'd get it a lot if he came to town. But nonetheless, he's, he's never – I mean, his, his Final Four is honestly kind of fluky. 
it's at UCLA, so it doesn't feel like that, but they had to play in to get in. And he coached at Cincinnati and was fine, but he never really broke through. They made no deep tournament run. They dominated, but that was they dominated once the Big East turned into the American, right? Like those were his best years. It wasn't the Big East. So I always said that with Mick Cronin, you could do good things. He's a good coach. But I don't know how high the ceiling is, but I think the floor is elevated, right? You're 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 bad under Mick Cronin. It's not as bad as it would be. I mean, certainly not as bad as it'd be right now, but you know what I mean. Like, bubble would be bad. Bubble would be like, man, we're on the bubble. Mick Cronin right now is in the midst of like, I mean, Mick Cronin could end up with a similar record as Kenny Payne this year. Like, do people realize how bad UCLA is right now? They have four wins on the year. They have five, but their one win got it came against Chaminade, which was the D2 school that I don't even, like, it doesn't matter towards your resume, but yet it still counts like on your record when they show your record. But they are four and nine this year against Division One teams. The average, this is insane. The average Ken Palm ranking of the four teams that they have beat is two hundred and ninety-one. So they're losing to bad teams. They lost to Cal, who's awful. I mean, he got thrown out of that game. Didn't do his post-game presser. I mean, like, there are probably still people out there that think like he would be the guy that they want because they just like him. And I think that's odd because everybody I know hates him. <laughs> he just, I mean, you, Mick Cronin would not be surprised. If you told Mick Cronin that people think he's a jerk, there's no scenario that he would think that that's a surprise, right? Like he knows, but if he wins at a high level or whatever, then, you know, you can get past it. And I don't, I'm not saying we got to go hire a nice guy, but like when you're, I mean, to me, he, his, his overall resume and his overall buyout make it to where he's a non-starter for me. But then some people say, have you seen what we got now? Like, we're not doing that. If it was simply about going and getting a better coach than one we have now, we should hire John. Because I know he'd be better. Although I think he'd be actually pretty good. I think you missed your calling. But we'll you know see. what I mean. Like, the bring, whenever somebody's trying to have a conversation with you, a healthy conversation about who the next coach should be, and you bring up, well, he's better than we have now, you've already proven my point that the guy that you have doesn't have the juice, doesn't have the resume. Because anybody's better than the guy we have now. Just close your eyes and point. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 that's, that's pretty much it. All right, let's get to a quick break. We'll come back, give us a little more time left in the final segment of the four o'clock hour. We will uh, keep this thing rolling along. And also, um, something else I want to get to Bill Belichick. Did he coach his last game ever? That'd be very sad, but it seems like he did. There's some other things I want to get into, not so serious stuff that should lighten the mood because I just get to yelling and sounding like a big, you know, a hole when we talk basketball. But I don't know what else to do. All right, don't go anywhere. I can't even speak today. Send it to break, John. Young Nino, Pico, Carlito, Scarface, Appuccino, Bumbido, Pimp C, Arpedo. I goes deep in the. You're listening to Coffee and Company with Nick Coffee on Sports Talk 790. Man, is this Tyga? It is Tyga. That's a song that, like, it's clearly radio edited. Yes. But, man, even without hearing it, this is a very, I mean, John, this is. The beat is something else. I don't like you listening to this. You're too pure. <laughs> this is it's a good beat, too, though, by the way. I mean, this is, did you know how raunchy that was? Oh, it's a raunchy song. It's raunchy. That's not your brand, John. You're not a raunchy guy. You're a classy guy. Classy, mature, sophisticated. That's him. That's the brand. He's the company man. 
All right. Um, somebody asked on the text line, uh, Nick, do you think that Brown will go after another quarterback? He has no problem having 10 on the staff like he did this past year. That is just it's 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 just got to be the right situation for a guy that is willing to I don't know I'm trying to think about a quarterback that would come to Louisville and that would be good like maybe I don't know to answer your question I've I've thought about it too but it just it's hard for me to 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 give it to to really feel like there's any quarterback out there that would that would want to come to Louisville knowing that they already have their portal guy in Tyler Shuck. They already have their freshman that they got as a big recruit that's still here, and Pierce Clarkson, who could be the future of the program at some point. And then let's not forget Brady Allen's here too. I mean, Brady Allen's a guy who was also a four-star quarterback just like Pierce, committed to Brom, and he's still here. And then Hudson, uh, what's, the, what's the young man's name? Harrison Bailey, I think, is the name. I mean, he's a guy who was a five-star kid at Tennessee coming out of high school, played there, didn't live up to that hype. They went to UNLV for a while and um, started some games, had some success, then transferred to Louisville as a walk-on. And he's still here. I don't think he's – I mean, I think he still has another year of eligibility. So, I don't know. I just think it'd be very, very unlikely for a quarterback – that you feel like could really make a big difference for you that would sign up to come and play for Louisville because of how crowded it is. It's not because they you know, wouldn't want to play for Jeff Brom. I think a lot of quarterbacks would. So, again, I've given it thought, too, because if, in fact, it doesn't work out with Tyler Shuck, which I'm not telling you that it won't, but you just never know, right? I mean, I know we're going to hear it th- throughout the summer from some people. We've already heard it. And that is that, you know, let's just hope this guy's not another Jack Plummer, which I just think is unfair to Jack. But I get why people say that. I'm not defending him. I clearly understand his uh, limitations this year were a factor in Louisville not being as good of a team as they as they probably should have been. So I get it. But I would say highly unlikely. This texter is also asking if they, they could go get um, Tua Tagovailoa's brother because um, Taulia Tagovailoa entered the portal on Friday and was a good quarterback at Maryland, right? I mean, you saw him in action, John, in the Big Ten. He was a good quarterback. He yeah. wasn't elite, but good. Like, you could win with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but did you see his situation? I did not. What he is has no situation? eligibility. He has so, no eligibility. Nobody seems to understand why he would even get a waiver. But he's like, yeah, I'm not an NFL quarterback. I'm just going to go hit the portal with no eligibility and just see if they'll let me play And somewhere. I kind of thought that, too. I was like, <laughs> I thought he was done funny? when I saw him get in the portal. I didn't realize that he actually was out of eligibility, though. Yeah, he's, he, he doesn't have any eligibility. So uh, <laughs> He's like, let's see if I can just get a waiver or something without even mentioning it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's just... What about Jordan McLeod, the JMU quarterback? He never committed to Indiana with Kurt Signetti, and he's still he in the portal. Sunbelt Player of the Year. Why Why didn't he end up with Signetti? I'm really surprised. Signetti, Signetti went doing with, it big? I thought he was. I mean, I think he still is. He took Ohio's quarterback from the MAC, who was the MAC Player of the Year, but I thought Jordan McLeod would have been a sure thing for Indiana, and he hasn't committed elsewhere yet from James Madison. Maybe he's working on it. He might be. And you got to keep in mind, I mean, if you're going to enroll at a school... I guess if you if you know you cannot actually leave the school until you finish this spring semester, that'll give you plenty of time because you wouldn't be able to participate in camp anyway. So that may give you plenty of time to consider. So maybe that's what he's doing. That's the only thing I could think of, right? Yeah. I mean, 
would he be a grad transfer? He's like an eight-year guy. He, he has one year of eligibility left. He's played at he's played at three other schools too, I believe already. He was at South Florida, I think, before he was at James Madison. I don't yeah, know where he was. South Florida, and I think he like took I think he took like time off, and then like I think he took like a year off, and then ended up uh, at JMU and had a hell of a run there. All right, did you see Jalen Lucas is going to Florida State? I did. Going to be a Seminole. He's the first portal guy that I'm bummed Lopa didn't get. Like I think they'll be fine. I'm not going to complain. Jeff's number one in the portal right now depending on where you look so it's not like I'm I'm bummed about the situation but I really liked his I mean he's a playmaker and I just think a guy like him is somebody you can see Jeff Brom getting real creative with but um you know Louisville already I mean let's be honest he's a kick returner but his primary position is running back right yes I mean you, you got Penny Boone who I think you wanted more just because he's more like I don't want to say scat back but if you even know what that like I think that's how a lot of people look at Jalen Lucas is he's an electrifying playmaker but like he's not really built to be an every down back right No he's very thin I hate like, to say it like that but he's, he's small I mean he's, he's small not guy, built to be a he, running back Yeah he's he's a true running back He doesn't really have a true position right I mean he was li- I think he was recruited you know as an athlete as they say Why do you think he did he ne- he never really my whole thing is why the hell is he not a receiver? Like to me, he'd be a he'd be a slot guy. He, now he caught a, a lot of passes. They threw the ball yeah. to him a lot, but he wasn't listed as a receiver. Like if I was him and I was wanting to play in the NFL, I would tell whoever's recruiting me, I'm not a running back. I'm a receiver because first of all, longevity in the NFL is not good at running back. And if you can be if you can do what you do at kick return with as a kick returner, and you can, you know, you can catch balls out of the backfield and go make plays in space. Like I feel like it would be a a no-brainer for you to sign up to be a receiver and try to become the next Tutu Atwell somewhere. Or even, I mean, this is a stretch, but like Wondell Robinson, I think he's a little bigger than um, than than Jalen Lucas because he's small. But he's a guy that was an athlete, all right? Receiver, running back, which one are you going to do? Special teams. And I think he was a really effective running back in his younger days, meaning Robinson. And then, of course, at Kentucky, he was an elite receiver, and he's a really good receiver in the NFL. So, yeah, I um, I was bummed to see him end up there. But, look, that's that's what happens, right? You're going after two running backs – and you got to think you're going to get one of them, and you got one. And uh, you know, I probably, I probably would have taken Boone over Lucas because of I think it's just nice to go out a veteran running back that's an every down back, and that's what that's what Boone is. So, um, good stuff there. All right, we got another hour to go, and I hope it's good stuff. That's for you guys to decide. And if you do check it out and you stick with us, and then you come to the conclusion that it wasn't good stuff, that's a you problem. That's on you, not not us. All right, 5 o'clock hours next right here. It's Coffee and Company, fueled by Thornton's on Sports Talk 790.